welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. San Francisco time on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the second album from Geese titled 3D Country, and it starts out with a song called 2122. God of the sun, I'm ticking you down on the inside. When the Kalayuga comes and closes my eyes and we can die by the aircraft. Sun and moon collide. We can make love in the end time. <laughs> Media of peace. I'm trying to find the downside. Geese play at South by Southwest uh, in 2022 and that was after their first album Projector came up came out that they had written in high school and it got a lot of attention those performances got a lot of attention I wasn't that grabbed by them at the time but I added this album their second album to my current rotation playlist which is what I'm always listening to and I kind of add new things to it and take them off after a while and this album has stayed on there just because it's so weird and it's so different and every time I listen to it I find something new and it has just it's not catchy it's not what I usually listen to but it's very fascinating to me yeah it's a very much kitchen sink kind of approach there's so much going on here and I think it's this first track is a great way to kind of establish what they're doing and to establish a contract with the first record which while you know, there was some musical diversity. People listening to her, I'm like, oh, it's a Brooklyn band. And they kind of sound like that early 2000s rock post-punk sound. And I think they got a little pigeonholed. And so they're breaking out of that and saying, okay, sure. We've got these crazy vocals. This Cameron Winters has this insane voice, maybe not always entirely under control, but just so beguiling. And then these crazy, what I call just, tribute sections where it's a few seconds of to varying degrees direct quotations from the 70s classic arena rock and some of the stuff where it's like i don't even catch the reference maybe they're you know sampling you know or doing a little mini cover or it's their own stuff i don't even know at a certain point who cares they're going into the past way further than before and at the same time these lyrically is all these crazy kind of apocalyptic visions yeah uh, the lead singer and vocalist cameron winter lead singer and vocalist you know what i mean <laughs> songwriter uh cameron winter has said he this album is about being preoccupied with what he described as modern doom and th- that's actually i think it's it's very effective because that is the sense i got from this record before i even read that and this idea that you know we're all kind of steeped in this feeling that we're living at the edge of 
humanity. Like human extinction is on the horizon. Things are going down. He brings in this first uh, first track, brings in all these references to Norse mythology, Egyptian mythology, you know, like the Kali Yuga, the last Hindu era. And so he's kind of bringing in all this religious imagery to this Armageddon type of a song. Yeah, it's really a blast. It's overwhelming and i think that's something you just kind of have to get used to with this record as it is all over the place the energy level is pretty consistently high and you just roll with it and part party at the end of the world and i think yeah that um for sure we have more of that kind of notion in the next track and it's the title track it's called 3d country so fun kind of structurally to me that uh before anything else i just it's so crazy there's four verses and then a chorus a pre-chorus chorus and then four of these little bridge sections that sound totally different but they structurally end up being the same thing where it's four in a row and then pre-chorus chorus and so it it feels to me so weird that you have this very kind of percussive energy in those first half and then this much more fluid energy in the second half and it's as the sort of protagonist narrator sort of becomes increasingly kind of detached from reality in this scenario that's playing out and so it has just such a again it's more of that yeah sort of apocalyptic feeling of like being out in the desert and he's described that it's like a cowboy just getting super high on drugs and kind of losing it out in the countryside and it, i think it captures that kind of energy yeah i like the contrast between the first song which is could be a led zeppelin cover except for the noisy breakdown at the end which we didn't play to going to this that has this like really groovy bass line and these harp you know, either a synth harp or a real harp in the background playing these this lovely back backing line and the contrast in the subject matter also, and I think this is what Winter was kind of getting at when he talks about this record and what he was trying to portray is that there's this apocalypse happening and yet we're just going on with our day to day and falling in love and having relationships. And like, how does how is that affected by what's going on in the larger context? Yeah, it's the, the ambition is here. And this is where I would want to say that, yeah, they I think the first record 
I've, I've read an interview where Cameron Winters describes like, yeah, we were trying to make it sound really polished and good. It's just we had crappy equipment because we were recording it ourselves. So it does sound a little rough. And so for this record, they reached out and got uh, producer James Ford, who's worked with Arctic Monkeys, Depeche Mode, Shame, just incredible uh, track record. And so they went big. And so there's all these crazy per- wide range of percussion sounds that, that synth harp you described. I'm going to guess synth i mean who's gonna find a harpist but the real killer you know secret you know secret ingredient in this mix is these backing vocals that i was able to track down at least one journalist saying that's audrey martels and lawan carter and they bring such a fantastic smooth energy and especially since i think cameron winter for all of his ability to croon his stuff always seems rough and kind of crazy. And so to hear these just super beautiful, high, smooth voices, it really rounds out the sound and elevates the record. Is the next song we'll play is called Cowboy Nudes. hear all of the instruments but it it definitely feels a little bit cluttered some of the time that they're going full maximalist and throwing everything at the wall and there are times when i think that breaks up the feel of the song and there's a part in the song that we didn't play where it's just kind of going along it's got a really great groove and then it gets into this like bongos section and everybody shouting about New York City and it just kind of interrupts the flow of the song in my opinion and I wish some of these had been made a little bit simpler but I still really like this whereas to me that was a standout but it was just like again some of these songs are so expansive we're having to be a little bit uh careful and we can't play everything because again some most of the songs are like you know in the sort of two and a half to four minute range but with so much stuff crammed into them others are like five or seven minutes long it's just like i can't even and, capture that and not every song needs gospel backup singers yeah i mean yeah this has got the back the backing singers but they're so fun and that's the thing it's like mm-hmm. i am just I, I appreciate just like you say good taste means less is more i think more is more and just having fun with it i don't it. say that some people say oh, that okay and I think this is just a case of go for it, go for it even harder and have the crazy percussion, have the backing vocals. And again, if these are a couple songs in a row. We have the three country and this are both very much about the three country, much more like out in the countryside here. We're back in New York, but 
it's underwater now because of global warming and they're trying to say like well maybe that'll make the rent cheaper and we can have a real party here now yeah and talking about more is more with the vocals too it's um in some interview i read winter was saying that he felt like there was a lot of talk singing in songs at the moment and so in some ways he was reacting to that and so he's kind of like doing the opposite of that and singing way too hard and just make being making his vocals as expressive as he can well i think they really are and i again it's one of the standouts that's i think why this band caught that attention among so many other Mm -hmm. gifted musicians and i think we carry on into some pretty dark territory again this is a party at the end of the world record and the next song is less party more end of the world it's called crusades is you know we talked about already where we had all these different instruments and the backing vocals and now we've got a three-piece string combo coming in and giving it this extra weight there's also that kind of detuned sounding piano that the only credit i could find for that was cameron winter on the keyboards for the recording and it sounds like kind of a honky-tonk piano leaning into the americana like cowboy themes as well yeah it's weird because yeah that and and it's funny in the interviews that Cameron Winter says, like, this isn't a country record, but we called it 3D Country, so people are like, alt-country. It's like, it's not at all. But, there are, <laughs> but are, there are those hints. Like, there's some banjo and, again, these kind of honky-tonk pianos that at least anchor it ever so slightly in that tradition. But I, I also wonder, like, they got compared to so many British bands at the time with the first record if they're trying to be distinctly American. Yeah, and at the same time, it's like, oh, I... I read a book about the Crusades and I'll write, write a story about it. And it's very much, yeah, not, not an American story, but yeah. I mean, this is where I think it, you, you really see the, the fact that they were high school kids when they wrote the first album. And in fact, I, I read in an interview where they were talking about how they were in an after school program that put a bunch of kids with rock equipment in a room and learned covers. And they said they had an instructor called Bob Jones um, and he was a huge help. And especially when the label, labels came looking around and like he gave them a lot of good advice. And it says he's been with us since we were 10. We took him out for dinner with our first advance Um. anyway. But getting getting to like my point is that 
uh, in the interview I read with Winter where he was walking through this album, he said, I wrote the lyrics after reading about some of the horrific stuff that happened in the Crusades and paired it with this super simple straight instrumental I had lying around. Yeah, like Crusade, the Crusades, they were bad, actually. It's like it's such a something a high school student would say. Um, I mean, now they're they're in their early 20s. But um, by the way, fun fact, we live near a horrible Catholic high school where their mascot is named the Crusaders. And in 2023, no one has thought to challenge that, especially here in San Francisco. Anyway, just thought I'd throw that out. Yeah, it's fun, fun that what is past is not past, <laughs> uh, for sure. So we come from this land of darkness into this, uh, another you know, high-energy, expansive song. This is one that we had the good fortune of seeing at their live performance, which w- is the video of that full half-hour performance is available on the Paste website. Recommend you check it out. It's called Gravity Blues. so many different sounds from the classic rock at the beginning to some some like kind of groovy funky songs to this song which is almost like blue-eyed soul with the backup singers it's just none of it sounds like a pastiche but it's such a mishmash of different genres and influences but it all sounds complete like you play this album through and it feels like all of the songs are the same band and they have a coherent sound yeah this one i mean the funny thing is in interviews they described this explicitly as like they were trying to do a pastiche by merging two songs together they said this is our attempt at combining maxwell silver hammer and oh darling into one song we failed but in an interesting way and yeah there is almost a little of the hint of that piano driven melody and then that not british invasion sounding but at least spiritually compatible guitar sound that we hear at the end mm-hmm. of the song and it is really has some sweetness for what is you know on a fairly apocalyptic album there are a few different love songs and this is kind of sweet well i mean okay i mean i think at least lyrically there's this a lot of ideas of like being kind of like hopeless but also being in love okay Sure. I mean, I feel like this is a song about death or like longing for death, but sure. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a mistake to take any of these songs to or these lyrics to literally. I think maybe Winter style is similar to like David Byrne and that he's choosing lyrics for a feeling and the sound and not necessarily a meaning to be read literally. Well, 
I think it's great that it can be a song about like yeah, being kind of hopeless and suicidal and also a song about being in love. And I think there's both. It contains multitudes. So we'll take a different turn and direction for the next song, which is called Domoto. record of mostly over-the-top sonic ear assaults they're enjoyable but they are loud and so i i really appreciate how this song really they pull back and there's this you know kind of loungy jazzy sound with brushed drums and this kind of echoing keyboards but quiet everything is so quiet and calm and his vocals get much more croony and just kind of quiet yeah and Again, a very pretty voice when he wants it to be. Mm-hmm. And yet those are coupled with lyrics that I'm not going to say I really totally get what they're going for. But there is just this general feeling of doom and apocalypse of soldiers being kind of out to cause harm and general feeling of things being out of balance. And they've described this as a sad song. Yeah. The sad song on the record was the quote. It is. It is sad at that. But it, it, pretty. It's sad, but also the, the the bombastic intro and then what we came in on this section too, the boom, 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 yeah. boom. It's, yeah. it's not what I would describe as a sad song if I were hearing it out of context. Yeah. I mean, that that boom, boom was almost martial, but then, yeah, mm-hmm. it becomes very contemplative and sad. But it can be both. So from here, we get to the tail end of the record track. on the penultimate track. It's... A sort of a sequel to an earlier song. It's called Tomorrow's Crusades.
Vincent. This was originally imagined as a companion piece to Crusades, but I think it moves in such different directions that it's kind of nice that they didn't put them right next to each other and it's able to stand on its own because it is such a great inversion. That one was this kind of very literal recounting and very much from the perspective of the perpetrator of atrocities. And here we have this more, you know, less literal and from the perspective of, as is true in a future climate collapse, everyone is kind of the victim, even the perpetrators. I think this was a good song to pick, uh, to play right before kind of our last talking break before the end of the podcast, because I think it does, uh, that clip that we played really summarizes or is emblematic of the way that this album takes, each song takes such weird twists and turns and throws in just a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. This is such a, beautiful melody and i think it's really the beginning of the song is so pretty and then they throw in this kind of like funk break and then the bongos and then you know it just goes in all these weird directions and i don't i I don't want to say it takes away from the song it certainly makes it more interesting um but they're just really they're being really incredibly ambitious and i think that is what i liked about this album is they're trying so many things that not everything is going to work but it's all very interesting to listen to yeah exactly i think it's the the worst thing you can do in a sophomore album is to be boring just retread right. the first record and they did not do that they're just trying everything and as they themselves admit it didn't quite work but it when it fails, it fails interestingly and re-listenably in a way that other sort of nominally successful records. So like you listen to them like, well, that was successfully did what it was set up to do. And it's not that interesting. And I'm kind of done listening to it. And this one, it's just like, even when they're, you know, I just imagine like a, a demolition derby, like a lot of just craziness and chaos, but it, you can't turn away. <laughs> And they are releasing another EP, which I believe is called 4D Country. (laughs) And it's coming out this Friday from when we're recording this, which will probably be in the past when you're hearing this. Um, And I have no idea what it's going to sound like because I don't know what direction they take after this. But it will be interesting to watch. Yeah, exactly. And it's like even saying like, oh, this is outtakes from this recording session. Well, this recording session covered so much ground that who the hell knows where these songs are going to end up. I look forward to finding out. So the last song is called St. Elmo, and it also goes in yet another very strange direction. And I think it's a good way to conclude the album because, I mean, the the kind of narrative here is very strange, but it's a it's a good way to wrap it up and move it to the next record. But it's very it's kind of fun and upbeat. Like the video is he's walking through the streets of New York, like carrying a thing of balloons. Yeah. And I think even like sonically, it's different. It's more upbeat. And then. Uh, Cameron Winter said like yeah, when they recorded this it was like everything else was more or less recorded with the, everyone together and this one was no people recording separate parts and then kind of m- sticking them together in in the produ- production like mixing mm-hmm. it after the fact mm-hmm. and so it has a very different kind of energy and people are even mixing up the instrument I think Cameron Winter is on bass here so it just everything sounds a little different. So we'll go out with that. This is St. Elmo. And again, we've been discussing the second record from Geese called 3D Country. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening.
is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.